This is Betty Collins, and we are Inspiring Women, presented by Bradyware. This is the podcast that advances women towards economic, social, and political achievement. I am here to inspire you to take steps to the next level in your career. Thanks for listening and investing your time in yourself. More about Inspiring Women in this episode can be found at bradyware.com slash resources. So today we're going to talk about strategies for success with your own leadership style. You know, what does successful leadership look like? There, there's so many definitions out there, but we're a world of where we're desperate for good leadership. So when you look at successful leadership, you look at people who are pretty open and honest, good communication skills. You know, they connect with that team member. They encourage personal and professional growth. Uh, they don't just think that they are the only ones that should be learning and doing. They make others better around them for sure. Keeping that positive attitude, um, nothing worse than working for a downer, right? They teach employees instead of giving orders. It's a huge, huge mindset. It takes a, Some people just don't have that ability, but that's a successful leader. That's what they look like. Chances are they're going to set clear goals with their employees, definitely expectations. People would rather know, I've got to run up the hill today than, well, let's just see where we're going to go. You know, running up the hill doesn't sound fun to me, but at least it's clear and I got it and I know that's what's expected. Chances are they're going to ask for feedback as they are a leader. And that's not always easy to, to take because you're always going to have somebody with an opinion. <laughs> a successful leader definitely looks like, you know, they're open to new ideas, they understand their own motivation. And by the way, the others around you know probably what you're motivated by, so you better be careful with it. Good, successful leadership, they focus on impact, you know, not just for themselves, but the whole team. And and they go even further, it's about the whole organization. So, you know, those are things that, you know, successful leadership looks like. But what about your own style in your leadership? You know, not, not everyone should be doing it the same. And, and if you're going to be a, a good leader and you're trying to be somebody else, you're probably not going to be effective. So you got to find your style in the midst of all of it. So you got to know your personality traits, right? I live in a very technical world at Bradyware. It's generally not a personable world where I live. And that happens to be something that is my strength. I can relate to people. I can talk with people. So I have to be taking that style of leadership and and applying it. It sets me apart. So you got to know a little bit about your personality. I'm not a technical person. If you had me sit in in front of a computer all day, I'd be pretty tired. But you know what? Accounting needs technicians and entrepreneurs need advisors. So those are two, two very different things. And so as I understand who I am and what I'm best at, I really fit in that nice entrepreneurs need advisors category. And so when you're finding your style, you got to understand those things. You got to know your values. They affect how you will consciously and subconsciously lead. In my prior firm, I had a partner for many years who valued uh, work flexibility. Well, his work flexibility. <laughs> so he would come in, you know, 9.30ish in that time frame because he enjoyed breakfast with his kids and driving them to school. Great. But for the people who wanted to come in at 7 and leave by 4, he didn't have the same respect for them necessarily. So... He didn't really value 
flex time because he didn't hesitate to sit while they were packing up their bags and even walk out to the door with them into their car. Values are really important. And no matter what you say, I love flex time. Not that that's a value necessarily, but it's, it's my example. But you only really enjoy flex time if you allow the others around you. So you really don't only believe it for yourself, not he didn't believe it for the employees that were there. But, you know, values, they're traits upon which your reputation is built. I had another situation where um, always, you know, talked about church and faith and family and, and that's great. And his reputation was very, very much like that. But the close circle around him also knew that he was, you know, having a, having an affair. So everything that he was talking about, all those traits where his reputation was built on meant nothing. You got to know your values and, and you, you gauge your per, you can gauge per, someone's personality and understand how that person thinks when you understand what they value. You really do. If my, my past person would have understood that the people who came in at seven, who wanted to leave by three, because they also had families, and he, he would have understood they also were thinking just like him. His was just morning time, and theirs were evening. So you got to know that. And, you know, core values, the real core stuff, respect, impact, you know, being authentic, courage, and integrity. Those are the things that you take and, and, and put that into your style. What, how other ways do you find your style? Well, you got to know what your strengths are. You really got to look back and go, these are my strengths. And by the way, I would get a second opinion to make sure that those are really your strengths. Because when you're trying to find your own style... You know, I'm going to lead completely different than my my partner of, two, of since 1995. We just are two very, very different people. And his strengths are details, and his strengths are making sure and driving and all those things. My strengths were totally letting, uh, talking with people. Where do you think we are? How do you think we can do this? I just had a different approach. That was my strength. I could listen. He was more of a telling guy. There's a time for both of those things, but you got to know those strengths. And again, get a second, maybe third opinion to make sure they really are your strength. There's nothing worse than seeing a, a leader think they know how to do something and they think it's really good and it's not. <laughs> but Chances are you're a leader because you have those certain strengths. And a lot of times those strengths, too, are your weaknesses, so you have to be careful. But what I found at Bradyware truly was, as I began to really like that, hey, I'm not this technical crazy person. I'm really about entrepreneurship and advising. I'm really a personable person. I realized that I started untapping different strengths within me that have helped me be a better CPA and, and they've helped me be a better business advisor. So I looked, at, you, you kind of had to look in. I, I really went through the book of What's Your Why by Simon uh, Simic. And that totally changed my entire way I started doing business, how I started treating people, how I started leading. And I took that, the know your why thing, which most accountants would not, and I applied that to, hey, these are my, these are my characteristics and strengths that I could use and totally set myself apart. So know those strengths. But know your weaknesses and leverage them. What does that mean? Well, when you know your, your weaknesses, <laughs> they will affect your leadership style. So don't be stubborn and prideful and go, I've got this. Instead, be transparent. You know, it speaks volumes to your team, speaks volumes to your company. And 
by the way, the people already know this about you, that you have these weaknesses, right? So I overcome them, great, or just realize you're not going to and make sure you have a team member who can compensate that around you. That's finding your style. It's okay that you're not going to do this part of the leadership because it's probably not going to go well. You got to define your uniqueness. You know, what sets you apart? Why are you so special, right? <laughs> well, there's three tough questions that I think you have to, 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 to really answer honestly. First one, what do I really do for the people around me? I'll say it again. What do I really do for the people around me? And I had to really think about that. So what do I do for my team as I'm leading it? Because I kind of have a team within Bradyware. What am I genuinely passionate about? For sure, the client experience. For sure, small business. I have to take that and go, okay, boom. But how does what I do and what am I passionate about, how do you combine that to make a fantastic difference to another person or another client or the peers in your office? How do you do that? So I came across this formula, which I think is hilarious. It's, what I'm just saying is, can be wrapped up beautifully like this. My brilliance, <laughs> what I do, plus my passion is your game. How does that sound? I read that and went, that is, that's perfect. But, but really, when you're defining your uniqueness, it isn't just that, hey, I'm just loud and I talk too much. That's what, I'm not talking about that uniqueness. I'm talking about what sets you apart to add to your success when you're trying to be a leader that's on, and you're trying to do it with your own style. So what do you do I and mean, what are you passionate about and how are you going to combine those to really have impact? Again, my brilliance plus my passion is your game. I love it. So you also, when you're talking about your own style, you got to come up with a few things. So what are, what, are you, what are your true to the core motivations? In fact, what would people say you're motivated by? My children this Mother's Day decided to give me a coffee cup, or actually it was for my birthday, that was huge. It's probably honestly a half a gallon. And on the outside of it, it says more. <laughs> so I would say easily that my true to the core motivation, according to my children, is I always want more, right? So they buy me this big cup. They think they're so funny. But those around you think they probably know what your motivation is. But I would tell you, motivation is the reason behind all of your actions. It's, it's behind every desire, thought, needs, Hopefully you can relate to this example. So I'm working with a new training uh, client at the gym and they tell me they want to burn fat and they want to lose weight. And I ask immediately, why? The first answer is usually something like this. Oh, because I want to be healthy. I want to look better. So I continue on. I want to know why are they really motivated to be here? And that's a really generic answer. So I continue on and I say, so why do you want to be healthy and look better? At this point, they usually get a little embarrassed because, you know, well, why wouldn't I want to look better? So at this point, I sit back in my chair, I take a breath, and I try to make them comfortable, but I'm going to dig deeper. I'm going to get to that. So what motivated you to come all the way to the gym, set an appointment with me, and you want to dedicate all this time to losing weight? Again, I'm not letting them off the hook. So after some squirming, you know, and a few more attempts to brush me up, the truth usually comes out. 
Um, they might want to lose some fat, but it could be that they haven't been asked out in a long time. You know, they haven't had some intimacy. They want to be more attractive. Their parent recently died of obesity, you know, that's related to, to disease. Or maybe they want to have a baby and, the, and they have to be healthier. I know for me, I went through a weight loss this year, and I did have to dig down. I had to get a better reason than I've got to get on a diet. I can't do this. And part of my reasoning really at the end of the day was twofold. I have a grandson who I want to keep up with. And I have 10 more years to work, and I'm very healthy, and I have so many people around me who are not. So I have this gift, and so I'm motivated to take care of it. What are your true-to-the-core motivations? I mean, that's just weight loss. Everybody can do that. But in business, as you want to be that successful leader, as you want to do it with your own style, you really have to ask what those motivations are. And you have to keep digging deeper till you get to the real ones. And then the people around you that you're leading probably will follow differently. So keep asking why till you get to the truth. I got to make money. Okay, why do you have to make money? <laughs> Honestly, probably one of, the, one of the biggest time periods of my career in accounting was when I had the motivation to put my children through college. I did not work harder than those years because I wanted them to have that experience and I didn't have a lot of time. So you got to get to that. And so my, my core motivation, I rose up and I became much more of a leader. You know, I, I, was, I needed people to follow me to, to, to be successful. So it's just a point I want when you're fi- figuring out your style, find out your motivation. And then you got to observe the leaders and peers around you. I mean, who do you admire right now? Who do you look up to? But you got to be you at the same time. It's not that impossible. So strategies to bring success and style together. We're talking about leading, success, whatever you put your success in. And then then I want to do it kind of on my terms. And by the way, if you think, well, I'm not really not a leader, you are. We all lead. You got to do continual assessment of, of where you are. You know, disengagement and stagnant, man, game over if there's no new players or plays, right? So... I would tell you a continual assessment is key to success. So try something different, you know, not don't do the norm. Is this part of your style now? You should maybe try these things. You got to pay attention to the people around you that you're trying to lead and not just be talking and telling. You've got to provide purpose and sense of belonging. One, One of the things I really emphasize with the team that I work with is not so much, did we get this done? Did we meet the deadline? It's, did the client get served? That's a different purpose. You know, strategies to bring that success and style together also, you got to try sometimes just some radical transparency. I'm not telling you to just, you know, tell your, you tell your story and, <laughs> and, and divulge everything, but secrecy can, can really create a basis of mistrust. And so when you're just putting enough cards on the table just to get by instead of just putting it all out there, it can, it can do a lot of mistrust and confusion. And then another thing we don't see a lot today, this is not of the norm, is what can I do for you? You know, what can I do for you to make this day easier? What can I do for you to make sure this gets done? I'm not an admin person, but if I need to do admin work, you know, to make it easier to get where we need to go, I'm going to do it. 
And then you've got to, you know, create a safe place. So those are different things that you don't see a lot when you're talking about your style and leadership and success, because those are more things about you giving than this is my team and I'm going to run this and I'm going to lead. So think about those things. Another strategy is just honest feedback from you. You got to have those conversations in your head. It's okay. Maybe from your team, from your peers, certainly from mentors. Those are feedback is huge. Um, Another strategy is recognize signs of poor leadership strategy. What does that mean? If nobody on your team has criticized you about one of your ideas in the past month, you probably don't have any ideas. (laughs) So you really need to think about that. You maybe need to spend more time planning your own career progression than that than than theirs. You know, their career is theirs, yours is yours. So poor leadership generally is trying to to direct somebody so that they are doing what they want to do, for, or, or they they're doing for what you want them to do. Poor signs of leadership: you haven't had at least three completely non-work related conversations with your team members. So when's the last time you heard about kids and and other things? So I had this client who part of their leadership strategy, he was the CFO, is that how you approach people. And so I went into his office and it said, before we talk business, I, I want to do these things. You know, ask me about my, my, my wife and my kids. And, and that was a top priority for him. That's a good sign of, of someone who's successful. Your team members, if they're afraid to fail and live in fear, you've got some work to do. You know, you've got some poor leadership strategy that's not happening. So I would, I would tell you to recognize those signs and look around. You know what? You don't know everything. In fact, you don't know what you don't know. So when you want to succeed, one of the strategies, especially you want to succeed with your style, right? Ask yourself, how is this working? If you're drawing a blank, <laughs> it's probably not working. I had somebody who was so funny, they, they kept talking about wanting to be a spiritual person. And so he's Muslim and he was reading the Quran. I said, so why aren't you spiritual? You're reading the Quran. And he said, I I don't know. I said, well, is it working for you? And he goes, it really isn't. I said, you might want to read something else, you know, but when you, the strategy comes back to how is it working? And and you really assess that and say, I got to do something different. We all know what the definition of, of insanity is, right? You keep doing the same things over. Here's one of the, the things that you have to, if, if you feel like you're not being taken serious, what's the strategy? Well, here's what I would tell you. If you don't want to end up, this, up at the circus, then stop acting like a clown. Two great examples of this is uh, Susan Boyle. Love her voice. She was on America's Got Talent with Simon. And I, was, I remember watching that when she came out on stage and, you know, she looked completely... Uh, she didn't own the stage. She came out just goofy. She had no presence. She mumbled around. Of course, the judges are all looking. We don't know what's reality TV and what isn't. But And then she sang. Wow. I mean, everyone was mesmerized. For her, there's a lot of, there's a lot of singers. It, 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 takes a, it takes beyond just being talented. Now you see her, it's nothing like that. She went through, you know, a whole thing, um, 
it was a big appearance in, in her demeanor, how she talked. And unfortunately, I don't know why I always remember that her coming out like that. But then you look at how far she came because she got the right direction. She got the right guidance. So if you want to be taken seriously, sometimes you have to do that. Obviously, she did that. She also won a million dollars and she's probably, you know, beyond. But I will just never forget how would anyone take her seriously. Now, when she sang, they took her seriously. Then I think of another singer, Aretha Franklin, who's really my favorite, and I watched her um, sing um, to President Obama, and her stage presence, her talent was like she was 20, yet she's in her 70s. But she, you know, she had a lifetime of experience, and she showed it. It was a completely different thing. And I hadn't really seen any clips of her or, you know, I haven't been that interested in her. And now, of course, everything's on YouTube and Facebook. So my first scene of her really singing like that, I was like, wow. So I don't have a bad impression or anything, but I, I took her seriously because she owned the stage from the time she got on there. So if you want to be taken seriously as a leader, even if you have, you know, Susan Boyle's style was just to kind of be goofy and come out and do her thing, and then she just figured singing would be enough. Now, in her case, it was because she was beyond talented. So successful leadership at the end of the day, it's all about influence. It's having followers and getting it done. But doing it on your terms with your style is even better. And it's the only way to do it. As your career advancements continue, your financial opportunities will continue to grow. Be prepared. Visit bradyware.com resources to download a copy of the financial checklist for every stage of your life. Everything about the Inspiring Women's podcast this episode and Bradyware and Company Accounting Services can be found in the podcast show notes.